0: Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of December 16th through the 22nd. All right. Hope that you had a good Gemini full moon last week and are experiencing the fruits of that cycle. Uh, We are uh, waning now um, to a last quarter moon this Wednesday, Uh, Mercury is under the sun's beams, we'll talk about that, moving towards a Kazemi or a conjunction with the sun on January 10th, which also happens to be very close to the full moon lunar eclipse, so um, a lot happening in that first or second week of January. Uh, Mars is going to be making a sextile to Saturn this week. Mercury is squaring Neptune um, and also squaring Uranus. Um, Venus will be moving into the domicile of Aquarius, the Saturn-ruled domicile of Aquarius. The Sun will be making its annual ingress into the sign of Capricorn, which is also the winter solstice. So we will explore those um, those two planetary ingresses and the tarot cards associated with, with those decans. Um, and then towards the end of the week, there is a, a sextile from Mars to Pluto and we're gonna talk a little bit about Saturn moving into the third decan of Capricorn, which is a little bit of a different vibe than in the second decan. All right, essential dignities for the week. Um, The sun is gonna begin in the third decan of Sagittarius, uh, where it has triplicity rulership during the day. Uh, So we still have that nice support from our community with solar-ruled things for uh, about a week, and then it's gonna shift. Um, the sun is in the terms of Saturn from 21 degrees to 26 degrees, and then moves into the terms of Mars from 26 to 30. Remember the last couple degrees of each sign are ruled by the malefics. Um, so that's why we have some kind of, it's a lot of challenges sometimes when a planet is moving through the ends of, of signs. So there may be some, some solar conflicts that come up that may be sort of martial in nature. Um, in the beginning of this week, as we move into the last degrees of Sagittarius, uh, we may also be taking action on some of our dreams and visions as well. So that could be another manifestation. Mars is actually in pretty good shape right now being in Scorpio still. Um, we'll get to that, but, uh, it's, it's time to kind of, um, move towards the ideal a little bit and, and get moving and, and do stuff. That's, that's uh, I think, by playing by Mars' rules, you got to kind of take some action and not be afraid to, to move forward. You don't want to get stuck in limbo when you're playing um, on Mars' terms. All right. As we move into the first second of Capricorn at the winter solstice, uh, the sun loses that triplicity dignity um, and is peregrine in the, first, in the first few degrees of Capricorn. It, is, it will be on the terms of Mercury, and this will for the first seven degrees of that, of that sign of Capricorn. Um, and Mercury itself is in its exile, so there may be a little bit of challenging things that come up as the, the Sun moves into Capricorn, but we'll discuss the winter solstice and some of the meanings around that in depth as we go through our week. Uh, Jupiter is in the first decan of Capricorn this week still, where it is in its, uh, its fall. So it's sort of at the bottom of the wheel. It is um, maybe at the bottom of the well. It's in a place that it's not entirely comfortable. Uh, it's in the Saturn ruled domicile of Capricorn, where you know, Jupiter is is expansion and things where it's creating abundance and growth and confirmation, where Saturn is about exclusion and about limitation and boundaries. So not a not a very comfortable place for Jupiter. Um, it does have some dignity by face or by decan in the first. Uh, Deccan of Capricorn, and um, was discussing this phenomenon of face with um, my astrology teacher uh, Achuta Bava is his, his new name. He had, took on a new name, um, formerly known as Adam Ellen Bass. So uh, he, uh, he was talking to us about um, each of the dignities being associated with a planet, and um, Everything but the but the face or the Deccan, and we had a nice conversation in our class about it where the Deccans uh, possibly are are kind of imported in from a potentially an older system and may not have been part of the uh, unified system that Robert Schmidt talks about Eudoxus creating um, in the Hellenistic period. Now that doesn't mean that that Eudoxus or the Hellenistic authors did not use Decanic rulership. It just means that it might not fit as well into the the neatly defined system that we've been looking at there. Um, we were able to kind of distill potentially the essential nature of the Deccans down into um, them act, acting as a mask for the sign. So it's kind of like, you know, they're in a particular domicile. They're getting resources. They either do or don't have support of their community with triplicity. Uh, but they may be taking on the appearance of another planet to get things done. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's where we got to it at, at that point in that conversation. So interesting experiment. Um, if you have some thoughts on that too, I'd be, I'd be open to it. Uh, my, my research on the Deccans is coming mostly from um, Austin Kopic's work and Demetra George and, and folks like that. Um, Chris Brennan has some uh, information about that in his book as well. So uh yeah if you have if you want to be a conversation starter leave a comment below. Uh so yes Jupiter is going to be in its own face or its own deck deck in the beginning of Capricorn. Um so even though it is playing by Saturn's rules it still has the appearance of Jupiter right? So we still might be able to have the appearance of of expanding and of uh creating growth and things like that but behind the scenes we're really kind of like you know Doing it within a certain set of limitations, uh, you know we may be letting go of things that aren't serving us to to help us to you know uh, move forward in our life. I shared a story of like cutting some of my budget down to to save money, and that was that felt like a very Jupiter and Capricorn type of thing where you know we will benefit in our budget from eliminating something uh, and then you know Jupiter will be in the terms of of Mercury for the first seven degrees. So playing by Mercury's rules right now. And uh, so we need to communicate some of our hopes for the future. Uh, we may need to um, you know, start some new business or something like that. Mercury also be associated with commerce and, and communication um, devices that are uh, you know, useful for that as well. So um, as we move forward in our dignity report, we have Saturn in the second decan of Capricorn in the beginning of the week, where it's been for quite some time. Remember, Saturn moves very slowly. So when Saturn's about to change into a new, a new decan or put on a new mask, so to speak, and a new face, um, that's kind of a big deal, I think. Uh, and it's in its own domicile. It has access to its own resources. It's very strong in this position. Excuse me. It is in the terms of Venus this week, from 14 to 22 degrees, uh, and the second decan of uh, Capricorn is ruled by Mars. So we've had this kind of um, uh, action orientated Mars. I think, uh, or I'm sorry, action oriented Saturn putting on the mask of, of action orientated Mars, <laughs> like right. Mm. So structure orientated Saturn putting on the mask action oriented Mars so uh, this has been uh, the time frame where we've been um, if we look to the tarot for inspiration we've been building or, or creating a plan to build some kind of structure you know we were looking at the three of Pentacles with that and now we're moving into the Sun ruled face or Deccan of Capricorn where we may be the plan may be enacted we may have built our structures and now we have uh, the responsibility to manage it. Uh, this this third decade of Saturn um, or in Capricorn is more about um, managing what we've created, uh, being in a pl- position of authority and responsibility. So now we may have to give up some of our freedom to uh, manage what we've created. And that may feel somewhat of a limitation as well. So something to think about. We'll look at that in a little bit more in depth uh, in our week ahead as well. All right, Venus is gonna be moving from the third decan of Capricorn this week, where it has triplicity in the daytime. It is the daytime, Venus is the daytime ruler of the Earth signs, Um, and moving into the first phase, or the first decan of Aquarius. Um, It is in the terms of Mars in the last degrees of Capricorn, and then it will be moving into the terms of Mercury in the first seven degrees of Aquarius. Uh, Venus is its own decanic ruler or in its own face uh, in the first um, 10 degrees of Aquarius. So it has kind of um, some extra ability uh, within that position to kind of, uh, you know, even though it is, it's like Jupiter right now. Jupiter has the power of appearing like Jupiter, even though it's using the resources of Saturn and Venus will still be able to put on that mask of Venus of its own mask. Uh, and hopefully create some harmonization, um, even when using the resources of Saturn in uh, its diurnal domicile of Aquarius. Okay, Mars is going to be in Scorpio still in the second decan, where it has domicile and triplicity rulership by the nighttime. Uh, The second uh, decan of Mars, uh, Scorpio, sorry, is solar. Uh, Yeah. Yep, solar. So it's kind of similar to the way that uh, we were looking at Saturn uh, using the powers of authority and putting on the mask of commanding authority type of things. Mars is doing a similar thing Um, as it moves into the third decan of Scorpio in the middle of this week. It will be in the face of Venus, so it will start putting on the mask of 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 Venus and potentially. uh, That's kind of a interesting dichotomy because. In traditional astrology, we could consider um, Venus and Mars to be more like opposites. Uh, so we're going to be trying to use our willpower, um, but maybe we will have to use a little bit of grace and charm to get what we want, where that may not have been as um, much of the appearance of, of getting what we wanted when it was in the solar rule of Deccan. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about that, too. The the seven of cups is the the one that is associated with the third decan of Scorpio. So there are some some choices to be made, and we'll look at that in depth as well. Mars is going to be on the terms of Jupiter in the um, middle degrees here. I think it's 19 to 26. I have my notes are written really small. I don't have all these things memorized, <laughs> but I think it's interesting to kind of explore uh, a planet and its condition through through all these different dignities, um, hopefully that's useful for you. I, I want to, you know, it's a lot of details to keep straight, but if we keep examining it over time, maybe we'll start to see patterns and we'll start to see how uh, how it functions within the different, um, you know, within the different domiciles, within the different triplicity rulerships, and hopefully within the different faces or decans and when a planet is on the terms of another planet. So that's something we're looking at. Uh, the moon this week, sorry, I've got some kind of street cleaner going on outside. You can hear that in the background. Um, the moon is going to be uh, moving through to Leo in the beginning of the week where it is peregrine or a wanderer, which means it doesn't have any essential dignity. Um, not, not the best position for the moon at the beginning of the week, but when it moves into Virgo, it will have triplicity rulership in the nighttime because the moon is the nocturnal ruler of the earth signs. Sorry, the, the, the loud street cleaner is cleaning all the leaves out of the gutter. And it's moving at about two miles an hour <laughs> outside my window. But the beautiful thing is I think it might not matter that much because I've got this really uh, nice broadcast microphone that hopefully is eliminating a lot of that sound background noise. Um, anyway, uh, the moon will be moving into Libra uh, in the end of the week where it has rulership by Deccan in the first 10 degrees. And then it will be moving into its its fall or its uh, depression in Scorpio at the very tail end of the week. So uh, it won't be won't be in the best shape at the end of the week. but uh, as far as our phases that we're going through this week, we're we are kind of um, <laughs> we are we are experiencing the uh, disseminating moon phase at the beginning of the week and moving towards the last quarter. So at the end of the full moon, uh, we were experiencing the, um, uh, the fruits of the full moon, and now we're able to kind of uh, put it into action, put what we learned into action, uh, be able to distribute the ideas that we came to, that came to light, um, able to use the lessons that, that came up in the, in the full moon cycle. And we are going to be waning now. the, the, the moon is going to be losing light or distributing its light until it gets to the last quarter phase, um, well, through the last quarter phase, where we may meet some sort of internal crises where we might want to turn uh, towards a new goal or, or release an attachment to the old lunar cycle. Um, if I may, for just one second, this is the most like Mercury and Sagittarius type of moment too. Uh, with Mercury, I didn't actually talk about Mercury on here, That would be a great time to talk about Mercury. Uh, Mercury was trying to trick me. Mercury is in its exile right now in the uh, Jupiter-ruled sign of Sagittarius, where it is uh, fairly unhappy. (laughs) So we're doing a very mercurial activity right now, um, where we are uh, using our communication devices. And of course, some big loud thing in the background uh, wants to wants to distract us from that endeavor. So I, I thought it, that's interesting to see that in real time. So um, yeah, maybe that was the, what what Mercury was trying to get my attention with is that I actually forgot to put that in the essential dignity report. Um, yeah, just going back to Mercury for a second. Uh, Mercury is going to be. Uh, let's see. Let me share my chart here because I need to see where it is. Um, so Mercury is moving into the second decan of Sagittarius, where it is losing that, um, that dignity by face that it had in the first decan. So, it, you know, it's, it's a tough spot for Mercury right now. Um, it is in Jupiter's sign. So there is a there's kind of a, a tension between Mercury and Jupiter naturally in the Hellenistic system, just like there's a tension between Venus and Mars. Um, where Venus is the the harmonizer, Mars is the separator, uh, Mercury is a uh, contester, wh- whereas Jupiter is someone that wants to confirm or make a judgment or unify something, uh, taking all the information and saying, "This is my decree where you know Mercury is all about multiplicity and um, multiple options so it 's a, it's a pretty uncomfortable place for Mercury, and we discussed last week the possibility of um, getting very attached to a belief system and communicating that and potentially not being able to hear other perspectives. That's where we get the um, Mercury, which is concerned with multiple perspectives, in a sign that wants to unify all those into one coherent thing. And it doesn't make for a very good environment for being able to hear someone else's viewpoint. And that's one of the dangers of Mercury and Sagittarius. So uh, important to try your best to not get too attached to your own viewpoint or communicating your own belief system or even falling into dogmatic thinking where you're only willing to see one point of view. And it will take some extra effort this week to you know, open up to um, other people's viewpoints and, and to make the communication flow Uh, easier because you know if you're just talking at somebody that's not a conversation that's a sermon okay so it's easy to get up on our soapbox and and you know sermonize uh, about or you know be very evangelical about our belief and not be able to hear someone else's position so just watch out for that this week because that's some of the the energy that we are experiencing with mercury in this position all right so that's our essential dignity report Uh, with a little assistance from our good friends at Leaf Street Cleaners Incorporated outside and Mercury. (laughs) Hermes Hermes in exile. (laughs) Like saying, hey, don't forget about me. (laughs) So anyway. All right. So let's look at the, um, let's go through the week here. I'm going to go through a little quicker through the lunar aspects because I want to focus more on some of the non-lunar aspects that we have, uh, and the planetary ingresses. So Monday the 16th, we have a square between the moon and Leo and uh, Mars and Scorpio. Uh, so that is what we're seeing right here, about 17 degrees or so as they are um, perfecting in my chart here. They're already past that. So there may be some sort of conflict between um, your... Your pride or your will, and how you are asserting yourself, and the actions that you are taking—you um, know, this, you know, the sun being, the moon being in a solar, uh, solar house of Leo—it's um, all about kind of commanding and, and issuing um, authoritative commands, and that may come into conflict with a very strong Mars, with a, per, a personal will or defending something. So just be careful of that on Monday morning, very early. Uh, then the moon will be making a trine to uh, the sun in Sagittarius at about 24 degrees. So once we've gotten over that conflict, we may have a, a, a unification of the, the sun and the moon and, and those two things working in harmony, the, you know, the divine will of the, of the sun working in harmony with the body represented by the moon. So some of our actions may be starting to come into harmonious um, manifestation with that, with that trying, So that's something to look for on Monday. And of course, during Monday, we're gonna have the disseminating phase of the moon. So this may be a good time to kind of get out there and share your ideas um, while also leaving space for other people. Okay, I'm gonna move forward through the day here. Those are the only two aspects we have on Monday. They're only lunar aspects. Um, on Tuesday, the 17th, the moon is gonna move into Virgo where it gains a little bit of dignity. Well, it is the triplicity ruler of the night, uh, the nighttime for the earth signs. So it will have some, some communal support uh, to to bring about its Earth earthly significations. Um, still moving through the disseminating phase. We don't reach the last quarter until Wednesday. And the moon is going to be making a supportive trine to retrograde Uranus at 7:12 a.m. And then a trine to newly ingressed Uh, Jupiter into Capricorn at around uh, about a half an hour later, around 8 a.m. or so. So a couple of supportive trines, very earthy trines. Tuesday may be a day of of earthly manifestation where we are taking on uh, some new uh, systems and ways of doing and being. Uh, Remember, last week we had the very um, inspiring and uh, innovative Jupiter-Uranus trine. So we may be starting to see some of the, the tangible fruits of that um, aspect uh, coming into form with the moon triggering both of those planets over the course of uh, an hour or so. So it may be a pretty productive morning uh, to, to put some of the new things, that you, new realizations and new identities, new, new systems that you are a part of into action on Tuesday morning. So that's what I would recommend for that. Um, On Wednesday, let's go forward to Wednesday. Boom. On Wednesday, we are still working through the disseminating phase up to the last quarter phase. All right, and the last quarter phase happens fairly late in the day. So this is still mostly a disseminating moon phase, but we are gonna see a square between the moon and uh, the sun towards the end of the day. So we're building towards this kind of conflict between those two where the details uh, may come into conflict conflict, conflict with the overall plan, with the longer-term vision, with the actions that we're taking out in the world. Remember, the moon is going to be in a Mercury-ruled sign of Virgo coming into contact with the sun in a Jupiter-ruled sign. So there may be some kind of... Uh, dichotomy between the, the small and the large, Mercury being very concerned with the smaller details, Jupiter being concerned with the bigger picture. So whenever I see something that has Mercury and Jupiter coming into conflict with one another, that's always one of the themes that, that we are working through is, is kind of the, uh, how do we bring the pieces together into a unified, coherent whole? And there may be some challenges around that because squares are of the nature of Mars. So there may be some friction with the pieces and how they fit together within the whole uh, on Wednesday. Um, Mercury is also going to be making a square to the moon earlier before it makes the square, uh, the moon makes the square to the sun. So uh, this is an interesting aspect because the moon is making a square to its host, and its host is in exile. right? So there may be some communication issues that come up about the details um, and about what the overall plan is. And and I would be careful not to criticize others because they don't fit into your vision. I think that could be one manifestation of this is we may feel very critical of either our own plan or others' plans. And we're, because we're very attached right now to the to the visionary belief systems with mercury and sagittarius and um you know mercury ruled virgo wants to break things down and analyze and perfect and things like that and and that's not really what what mercury and sagittarius is all about right now mercury and sagittarius right now is kind of like i'm gonna do it and i'm just gonna take some actions and i'm gonna tell you all about it and uh you can like it or lump it, <laughs> so it's probably not going to respond very well to the critical analysis of that moon in Virgo. Um, and I like playing with you know the planets as, as uh, actors in a play and communicating within like, the, the cosmic courtroom or, or as characters within a story or a novel. Um, I think that's a really great way to start to um, feel your way into these aspects in a more tangible way and actually bring them down to earth and see how they may be uh, communicating or or playing out the stories of your life. Okay. So, the moon will also be opposing uh, Neptune in Pisces at 529 AM, you can see that aspect here. Uh, So there may be, if we bring this into play, into interplay here, uh, we may have, uh, this is a T-square, this, this is a mutable T-square, where we may be, you know, getting detail-orientated in the practical application of things, maybe running headlong into our uh, illusionary, visionary quality where we want to just transcend all the details, but we are trying to really communicate this plan to people, uh, you know, from a very impassioned position. Uh, and that can create some, some drama, right? You know, there may be just a little bit of, of tension between the practical application of your, of your dream, of how that dream is put into action, and what the earthly limitations may be. I think, you know, earth signs speak to limitations as well. Like they're not, It's not just Saturn that is limitations. I think, you know, by the very nature of being an earth sign, you are playing by the uh, manifestation rules of this earthly plane, so we can see limitations also associated with Virgo, uh, because we have the limitations of the harvest, where we say this stays and this goes, and we've got to figure out uh, how how to, to create the best system to to um, make sure that we are. <laughs> Here comes Mercury again, right on cue, uh, as we're talking about our um, as we're talking about our Mercury. You know, T square here. Here comes our street cleaner, <laughs> trying to trying to fool us again. The trickster is really uh, uh, active today. Ooh. Maybe I'll just harmonize with it. Ooh. Okay, enough of that tomfoolery. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so with this with this T square, we we have to kind of parse out. And remain flexible, I think. I think flexibility is the key with mutable T-squares because we are, you know, in a position of change. We are in a a point where we are really, uh, you know, there's a lot of options that are happening. And that may be part of the tension that we feel is maybe an overabundance of options. Okay. Um, The moon is also going to be sextiling Mars. Right here, you can see from Virgo to... Uh, Scorpio so there may be some kind of supportive action that we could take to relieve some of the the tension of that cardinal mutable um, I'm sorry the mutable T-square and then it's gonna be making a trine to Saturn so we're you know we get we're getting this in succession where we get an aspect like a sextile to Mars and then a trine to Saturn when the moon is moving through uh, an earth sign here Um, uh, at least the earth signs of Virgo and Taurus Uh, And those can be, you know, something where we're able to take positive action forward, working within the limitations of Saturn, realizing our limitations and then taking an action that, that, you know, should prove to be beneficial. Um, The moon will be trining Pluto at 3.29 p.m. on Wednesday and then making its last quarter square um, to the sun very late in the day about eleven fifty-seven p.m okay and last quarter moon let's let's talk about that a little bit that's where we get the crisis in consciousness where we uh we are kind of reversing our perspective um, we are instead of having a physical crisis like at the first quarter moon we have some kind of challenge uh that may be more internal that may be more mental that may be more about leaving something behind. Where we uh, got some kind of, um, where we were trying to understand something from the previous lunar cycle, and we go through the existential, uh, you know, machinery internally and learning about what we need to glean from that and where we really need to let go of maybe something that is no longer serving us. So, last quarter moons are about about letting go, reversing perspective, seeing what you need to take with you to the next lunar cycle, um, and the next lunar cycle is going to be a pretty big one because we are waning now to a new moon solar eclipse, which is a pretty big chapter marker in our collective stories, um, and that eclipse cycle is going to be very connected to the Saturn Pluto conjunction that's happening. In January at the full moon lunar eclipse so eclipses are always connected they have either two or three uh, that happen in succession and they are kind of a transition point from one big big chapter to the next so this is a great time to reflect uh, to figure out you know to reflect on your year and and all the things that you achieved over the years so that you make a new start because we're heading towards a solstice which um, in my opinion, is more like the new year than January 1st. I, mean, I don't think it's just my opinion. It's just the astrology of it really is it's the return of the light. It's the return of the the power of the sun where it is, you know, the sun was at its weakest, um, where, I, you know, the date, the nighttime had the most length and now the the daytime is going to return in light. And that's a great time to make new starts and new beginnings. This is why we make uh, I think that we make intentions around January because we're feeling um, that return of the light. Um, but I think that it's important to kind of at this point in this week in particular to reflect on, on what we've achieved, uh, what kind of um, results it gave us. I think that could be part of this last quarter is, is taking stock and analyzing the results of the vision of that Jupiterian vision because Jupiter was moving through Sagittarius for most of the year and now the sun is kind of lighting up that area of our chart. Mercury is helping us to communicate what we've learned from it. Um and it's a great time to just kind of you know analyze and say, you know what? This worked. This didn't. Here's what we need to do to keep keep growing and to keep uh you know paying attention to what the universe wants us to do and the divine assignments that we're being given. Okay. So that is Wednesday, and that's the last quarter uh, moon. I'm gonna flip my notes over here, and we are moving into Thursday, the 19th. And Thursday the 19th is where we start to see more of our uh, non-lunar aspects, and one of our um, one of our big decanic shifts that we are talking about. Actually, two of them. Come on, Mercury. There we go. Stay put. <laughs> My notes don't want to stay put today. Yeah. Oh, you tricky little devil. Okay. So here we go. Here is Here is Thursday. Um, Thursday, couple things that I want to point out. So first of all, one thing that I didn't discuss yet that I wanted to in a little bit more depth is Mercury, Hermes, uh, at last weekend, um, or maybe this weekend, if you are watching this on Sunday, if if I've posted it by then, which I probably will have, just moved within 15 degrees of the sun, which is a condition called being under the sun's beams, right? Um, and that is where Mercury's significations become more hidden behind the scenes. It's a weakening position for Mercury. Um, so this is something where a lot of our, our thought processes are going behind the, the scenes, uh, and we are kind of getting, uh, you know, doing things a little bit uh, more covertly than we may have been doing before. Stay. Okay. So that's something I wanted to point out because we're moving towards the kazimi moment. Um, this is, you can see here that Mercury, if you're, if you're watching on video, Mercury is moving by secondary motion, okay, counterclockwise into a conjunction with the sun. This is called the superior conjunction uh, when it is in direct motion. So that is a, a very important um, part of the cycle. We've got a, a morning star Mercury, um, but it's now under the beams and, a, and, and coming into the superior conjunction. Kind of a, uh, I would say kind of like a full moon type of experience for Mercury where we're going to see some of the fruition of, of what, what we began at the last Kazemi moment, um, which I don't have a date on that exactly, but you can look back to when Mercury was conjoining the sun last to see uh, what kind of things may be just coming to a head as Mercury heads into that conjunction in, in Jupiter, I'm sorry, in um, Capricorn in uh, January. All right, so a couple other things I want to point out on Thursday. Uh, you can see that Mars has ingressed into twenty degrees of of Scorpio, which is Decan number three, okay, of Scorpio, and ruled by. Well, not ruled by, but it has an affinity or an association with the Seven of Cups. And I'll show you that card. Seven of Cups shows a figure that is looking at a number of cups that have... I'm going to stop my share here for a minute. Uh, that have different um, different desires that it, that it contains. Uh, one has the, the riches. One has property or a home. Another has uh, the laurels of, of recognition, victory, and honor. Uh, another is beauty. Um, and then we have one with, a, uh, with a, a figure cloaked in, I don't know, it looks like a sheet, perhaps representing spirituality or, or the divine. Um, and uh, there's a choice to be made. So there may be something where we are uh, putting our desires. We're desiring many different things, and we have to figure out which of these desires needs to we we should pursue, and if there is uh, something where we need to let go of some kind of desire that may not be healthy for us as well. Um, This is Mars has the the capability in this decan to sever to sever us from. Uh, something that is, may no longer be uh, may may no longer be good for us. You know. You know. Remember, Scorpio is kind of that composting area of the chart where where you know it's associated with the end of fall, where the leaves are falling and things are in a state of decay and consolidation. And it's it's a Mars ruled uh, domicile, so there is this quality of separation. Um, so, you know, maybe when Mars moves into the third decan of Scorpio, it'd be a time to evaluate some of the, the desires that you have and figure out what stays and what goes, which is very similar energy to um, all this Capricorn stuff we've got going on right now. There's a reason why those two um, temples are sextile one another, because I think that that's kind of a cooperative effort. Mars may be helping you root out some of the corruption that you may be experiencing in your uh, in your plan in your material reality in your in your actual physical life uh, so that that is something that is supported uh, as the mars moves through um scorpio 3. Uh, that card was called debauchery or illusionary success or illusory success so you know it's, it's kind of like you know we're getting getting real a little bit we're saying okay some of that was just a fantasy and we need to figure out what really matters All right, the other thing that we are seeing is the shift on this day, is the shift from uh, Saturn into the third decan of Capricorn, which is represented by the four of pentacles. All right, so before what we saw, and I'll find this card for you to show you kind of the progression that we had here. All right, so... Here's the kind of Capricorn progression. I think it's kind of interesting to explore. So, we start off with the Two of Pentacles, making a decision where we want to lay down our roots and our foundation. In the third decan, we have a plan that's being made and we are building some sort of ornate structure. Uh, you know, Austin calls it the pyramid. Uh, and when we get to the fo- the third decan and the Four of Pentacles, we see a figure that is on his throne, right? Austin ca- calls it the the throne, or um, in Book T, in Book of Toth, it was called power or earthly power. So we've built our structure, and now we are, ha- are tasked with administering that structure. It is a solar-ruled face, so we're put- Saturn is putting on the mask of the sun and saying, I am going to command uh, whatever structure that I've built, all right? And he's holding on very tightly to this and and he is uh, perhaps, um, you know, feeling a sense of security or wealth. Maybe we have taken some action that has led to some sort of manifestation or we've gotten rid of some bad habits that have supported our our fundamental structures. Um, This is a a card that's associated with bearing the weight of your commitment. Uh, That is something that it's about responsibility it's about being able to say okay i made this uh and now i have this thing or this structure or this building or this plan or this business and now i have to run it it's like it's not it's one thing to start the business it's another to like maintain it so this is kind of a a maintenance i would say type of position for saturn where it's it's still very strong. It's in its own domicile. It's able to to do the hard work of maintaining the structure that it that it um experiences and is responsible for. Um, This is also associated with contracts, agreements, with putting things into writing, uh management. This is like the Saturn is now taking on the role of the 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 CEO or the manager. So that may be something that you experience in the Capricorn area of your chart. uh, And something where it's going to be for for quite some time for many months into the future here before it makes its shift into aquarius sometime in 2020 all right let's go back and look at our chart again okay uh the non-lunar or the lunar aspects of the day are a trine between the moon and venus at at 3 a.m or so you can see this here uh, the moon before it leaves, um, before it leaves Virgo, will be trining Venus in the last degrees of Capricorn, uh, and then at eleven thirty four a.m. we will have the moon making a square to Jupiter. Okay, the first square that it's making from Libra to Capricorn. So there may be some themes of of relationships coming up where we need to harmonize with. This new uh, Saturnian expansion, <laughs> it's like such a contradiction that we may be experiencing. So there may be some, some sort of conflict or, or um, I don't know, challenge that we need to overcome in terms of our relationships and how we are expressing Jupiter through the birth channel of Saturn-ruled Capricorn. All right. Uh, very early in the day, Mars will be making a sextile to Saturn from Scorpio. So remember when I said that there was like this cooperation happening between those two um, those two planets and the signs that they are in? Uh, that is one of the things we're going to be experiencing and seeing coming to fruition or seeing a peak energetic uh, uh, cycle of with Mars making a sextile to Saturn at 5 a.m. at 19 degrees. This is really supportive of sober actions, of being able to um, have focused or disciplined action with those two things cooperating. Uh, Determination, completion energy, hard work and perseverance. Um, Saturn is able to cool the overabundance of heat from Mars and Mars is able to heat up Saturn. So there's this uh, complementary um, temperamental energy that's being exchanged between the two of them. This is a great time to look before you leap to like really consider the ramifications of your actions. Uh, Wren Butler can compares this to lapidary work, like the polishing of a stone or Hephaestus the blacksmith um, where you are breaking apart the stone. I used to make um, lapidary jewelry at one point. My great grandfather actually had, was made a lot of turquoise jewelry and I took up that hobby for a period of time. And you'd, you'd, you'd put the stone into a, a A saw to cut it into the right shape and then you'd polish it down over over many hours um, getting it just into the right shape and I I love that image and I wanted to explore that a little bit because you have to be very patient when you're polishing a stone or you will uh, you'll break it and you you won't retain the shape that you want if you go too quickly and you use too um, too much of a grit in the beginning you can shave off parts that you want to keep um, whereas if you're not, you know, working it hard enough, it may take forever. So there's a, there's a happy medium uh, when you're trying to polish uh, a rock into something beautiful, you know, like this, i got, I'm just surrounded with polished rocks. <laughs> I'm a collector of, of uh, crystals and things like that. You can see like, this is a, you know, here's another one that's like a, this is a, oh, what is this? This is fluorite and fluorite is a great example because fluoride is a very soft material that requires a very delicate hand. Um, and if you were to, to work it too hard without that Saturnian limitation, it would just dissolve into dust. So this is kind of the vibe of this, this Mars-Saturn sextile, is you know taking a well-considered action. And those two planets are in communication right now that is very harmonious. So we may be, it, it may be more supported in our life to take an action that is at the right pace, at the right speed. Um, just the right amount of energy being put into something. So keep an eye on that as we move into the early hours of Thursday. The other aspect, non-lunar aspect of that day, is a square between Mercury in its exile and Neptune in Pisces. Oh boy, (laughs) that's fun. Um, So these are both in... Jupiter ruled domiciles, uh, Sagittarius and Pisces. So there will definitely be a, Jupiter, a, a Jovial flavor to this. Uh, so these three houses are going to be connected, and there is a, a, a challenging conversation that's happening between Mercury and Neptune. Mercury being someone who wants to, uh, you know, do commerce, to communicate, to uh, regards to technology and, and movement. And it's coming into contact with the planet of uh, illusion with who wants to dissolve things into some sort of transcendent type of escape. Uh, and it's all being disposed by Jupiter in its fall, Jupiter and Capricorn. So this is a, I think this is a little bit of a sticky one because we have um, the, danger of getting very um, caught up in our own uh, dream and, you know, not realizing that what's being what's being provided for that dream is in not in the greatest shape, not having all the resources that it normally has. Uh, So (laughs) this may be where you're you're trying to pursue a dream. I I could see one way this could manifest because I'm thinking about my own life here. Uh, You're trying to pursue a dream. And you're getting really excited about it, and you are, you know, trying to pursue that dream, but you may be coming face to face with some of the lack of uh, resources, money, or things like that to support it. And you really have to make some tough choices and get in touch with what the reality of your situation is. I think Jupiter in, in Capricorn um, says, Hey, you know, we can still be Jupiter, but we've got to make some tough choices. And if you want to expand in one area of your life, you may have to consolidate in another one. And I've definitely, I've been going through this personally as I've been, we've been pursuing um, you know, some stuff for our family. We've had to really like tighten the purse strings in one area so that we can afford to do something in another. And uh, I think that is, that is, I'm curious if that's something that you're experiencing in your life too. Um, Because you may have a very idealistic notion about one particular thing, uh, in this case, potentially with the Sagittarius and Pisces ruled area of your chart. But there may be something from the Capricorn rule area of your chart that's saying, hey, uh, let's get a little bit of a reality check here um, before we move forward, you know, whole hog, so to speak. And that's coming uh, to perfection at uh, 1120 p.m. Um, this can also lead to some misunderstandings, some miscommunication, some overly subjective thinking, overlooking important details. Um, I like the word evangelizing uh, beliefs, uh, conflicts due to belief systems or dogma. Um, yeah, uh, just be very careful and double check everything. Double check your resources and double check your bank account if you're pursuing a dream and um, be willing to maybe. Uh, bring the dream down to earth slightly uh, doesn't mean you can't continue to pursue the dream, but it, you can lay it out one step at a time. You don't have to have the whole enchilada uh, all at once um, in my own life. we you know, in the, whatever dream we've been pursuing, which has been a kind of a swimming thing. Um, there's been some compromises that we've had to make lately where we haven't been able to achieve the whole entire vision, but we were able to take one step towards the dream and, and have had to make a compromise and start from a little bit of a lower position uh, within the circumstance. And that's so Jupiter in, in its fall As you have to start at the bottom of the wheel. You're not going to achieve like the, the gold medal right away. You've got to start at a very lowly, humble position and work your way up in the new circumstance. And I think that that's, the, that's really the energy that we're experiencing right now. With the combination of these aspects um doesn't mean that there's not hope you can there's definitely hope it just means that uh you have to be willing to be patient all right so friday the 20th of december uh the moon will be in libra uh the moon actually moved into libra on thursday so that was one thing that we I neglected to mention, but you can see it here. But now the moon is firmly in Libra, still in the last quarter phase, uh, w- waning in light, uh, giving its light off and losing its its light. Um, and the the big thing of this day is Venus will be moving into Aquarius. It'll be ingressing into the the other Saturn ruled sign, the masculine. Uh, Saturnian domicile uh, of Aquarius. Um, So let's talk about that. I'm going to show you a card for this real quickly. Here we have the Five of Swords. And uh, here we see in the Five of Swords a figure that is holding a few swords. There has been a battle. There has potentially been. A winner and a loser. One of the figures is looking very smug, picking up all the swords, and two of the figures are walking off in defeat, off into the into the distance. Um, and this card was called defeat. Um, in 36 faces, it was called uh, the deck. In itself, was called the mark of exile. So perhaps there was some sort of conflict and one of the figures is a winner and the losers are having to, to leave, uh, somewhere and and go off into the wilderness, so to speak. And this is kind of what Venus is doing. Uh, Venus was just hanging out in the third decade of Capricorn where she was, uh, administering, uh, some of the things that we've been building. She was commanding authority and things like that. And now, uh, she is leaving behind some of the material success and some of the positions of power in search of some more freedom. Okay, okay. I think this is one of the keys here is Venus is saying at this point, uh, Hey, I feel maybe a little bit limited by some of the circumstances. Uh, it was great, you know, achieving the, the dream at the top of the mountain, but now it's time to come down the other side. And there's a passage in the I Ching about, um, it's called after completion and in that hexagram they talk about you've achieved something you are uh, you've, you've achieved a goal and um, but you've only reached the peak of the mountain and what lies on the other side is an unknown uh, and you're walking into the, the wilderness and the mystery of it and I think that's what Venus is doing when it's moving into the uh, first decade of Aquarius now it's still Saturn ruled. So Saturn is still providing the resources. Um, Saturn, of course, is associated with darkness and with, with uh, being um, excluded. So this may be a time where we are um, desiring uh, things that are a little bit outside of convention. Um, this is something that is a really neat kind of way of thinking about the two domiciles of Saturn. Um, and I don't, I I really can't put my finger on who said this, but uh, somebody who is a teacher of mine or or a student or something was like, Capricorn is everything that's inside of the wall. And Aquarius is everything that is outside. Um, It might've even been Patrick Watson, uh, somebody of that nature. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a really cool way of thinking about it. You know, we're, you know, the ultimate, Insider, you know, creating boundaries to protect ourselves in the, in this womb of security in Capricorn And then in Aquarius, we, we're leaving all of that and we're just moving outside of the walls in search of something new um, And you can definitely see uh, In all of the decans of Aquarius and the tarot cards associated with it uh, Figures leaving something behind uh, Actually, just for just for exploration purposes here let's just take a look at it real quick because it's it's there's a quality of, of going somewhere and saying you know what i'm you know I'm, i don't need this anymore i'm going somewhere and leaving it behind so you can see here we had the five of swords the six of swords and the seven of swords and we've got people you know moving away from a conflict we've got uh, somebody being ferried over across some sort of body of water going on a journey. And then we have a figure that's leaving an encampment with, you know, carrying away the, the goods basically. Uh, and all of this is just about kind of this escape or this searching, I think for potentially for a new freedom. All right. Uh, one, of, <laughs> one of the things I had a little joke about this one um, Venus is desire. Venus is, is what we like. It's it's our taste, it's our aesthetic nature. It's allowing things to come to us. It's adornments. And uh with Venus in, in Aquarius, we may have some very eclectic tastes. Um and I had a little joke about this because I've been watching a lot of um I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, but it's it's very funny. Uh there's this guy that produces it named Michael Schur that write, wrote Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I believe Parts of the Office. He has a really just wonderful uh, comedic style that I appreciate. And one of the actors in that, Andy Sandberg, um, was part of this musical group called The Lonely Island. And so I've been watching a lot of Lonely Island videos lately, you know, and they have one uh, called I Threw It on the Ground. <laughs> if you're familiar <laughs> with this classic, Andy Sandberg is being offered all these things, and he's 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 uh like you know taking them and basically rejecting them, and you know at first he's offered like an energy drink, and he's like, man, I threw it on the ground I'm not a part of your system I'm an adult you know <laughs> to me that's very Venus and aquarius it's like you know I don't want your you you know your whatever you're offering me, and, and it gets you know progressively more ridiculous throughout the song at first it's like an energy drink which you could see like oh, okay i don't want to be part of your system but then it's like he's being offered a free hot dog from a hot dog man that he visits daily and then you can see a look at his face which is like incredulous like oh my god what's he doing and then he throws his girlfriend's phone on the ground uh because his girlfriend was like it's your dad he's like it's not my dad it's a phone i'm not a part of your system <laughs> i'm an adult so if you have the, the, um, <laughs> the, the uh, inclination to throw something on the ground, that might be Venus and Aquarius operating. Um, just be careful that you, you don't take that to an extreme over the, the coming weeks uh, with, with Venus moving through that domicile. Um, but it may speak to a need to feel liberation from, from some of the walls that we've built up. We can also be attracted to things that are very outside the norm. Uh, With this mark of exile, we may be having an affinity for those that are on the outsides or the fringes of society. Uh, We may feel an attraction to the to people who are um, down and out. Uh, I had a client with this placement in her natal chart that worked in the prison system, and one of her jobs was to bring. Harmony and peace to prisoners like she was kind of an intermediary between prisoners and and the system And was able to kind of be like a a, a counselor type of figure for them as well bringing them some kind of Peace of mind and I thought that was a really beautiful Manifestation of of Venus and Aquarius uh, and believe it it was in the 10th house for her of her job. So uh, pretty pretty cool Um, Okay, so that is Venus moving through the first decade of Aquarius The lunar aspects of the day, the moon will be making a sextile to Mercury from Libra, uh, a supportive sextile. So potentially there's some relationship support for our vision. Uh, That's at 9.22 a.m. The moon will then be making a square to Saturn and Capricorn, so it might run into a limitation. Uh, And then the moon will be making a square to Pluto In the evening at 6 23 p.m at 22 degrees of capricorn which is interesting because that is the degree of the saturn pluto conjunction so there may be some little inklings of the themes that may be coming up at the saturn pluto conjunction uh, on friday december 20th as the moon is activating that particular degree um, for the very first time um, because i think pluto is newly ingressed into that degree so uh, Keep your eyes peeled and see what comes up. All right. The weekend. Almost done. On Saturday, the 21st, we will be experiencing a Scorpio moon very early, uh, 7.57 a.m., still last quarter, Uh, and then this is the day of the solstice. Uh, the, the lunar aspects of the day is we have a moon sextiling the sun at 6:45 a.m. So we may be you know seeing a supportive uh, manifestation quality happening with our relationships and our and our vision. Um, there will be a square from the moon in Scorpio to newly ingressed Venus in uh, Aquarius at 10:51 a.m. So there may be some sort of tension between. If you throw someone's hot dog on the ground (laughs) and tell them that you're not a part of their system, (laughs) somebody may get kind of emotional about that. Um, So be careful about your rebellious qualities, and you know, uh, because it may not it may not engender positive feelings with the Moon in Scorpio. The Moon will um, oppose Uranus in in Taurus. Uh, at twelve forty six p m at two degrees so there again we may you, there's definitely a rebellious quality to this now we have a fixed t square okay so this is this is a, a kind of a volatile day where we are maybe you know getting uh, more entrenched in a position and we need to balance out a number of different things in our life over the scorpio taurus and aquarius uh areas of our chart as well so just keep an eye on those three houses and and flexibility will serve you well in this it's not a, the best time for flexibility because they are in fixed signs but sometimes we need the antidote to the to the problem right all right uh the last aspect of the day is going to be the moon sextiling jupiter at 3 pm scorpio to capricorn so Maybe if we are able to have a little bit of support from, from Jupiter, even though Jupiter is not in the best shape. All right. The big deal, though, and I'll uh, clear my screen here. The big deal on this day is movement of the sun into Capricorn, and that's going to happen at 1120 p.m., and this is what is called the winter solstice. There we go. Okay, so the sun is going to be starting to hang out with this giant stellium of planets here, with Jupiter, with the south node, with its host Saturn, and with Pluto, all in the uh, feminine cardinal earth sign of Capricorn. And uh, so let's break this down. So, this is another very important point in our year where we are seeing the shift of the uh the solar cycle from the days being at their shortest and the return of the light we are celebrating the return of the light at the winter solstice so this is that 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 moment right before is where the the darkness is at its greatest power uh, and its longest length and now the days start to get longer again so this is where we are maybe very much at the bottom and we are starting the journey back up again. And this is a great time for setting intentions, all right? Remember, we have the two of pentacles representing the first decade of Capricorn. So with the sun in the first decade of Capricorn at the winter solstice, this is a great time to make even further decisions about how you want to craft your uh, Your identity for the next year and what you want to build what do you want to create what kind of earthy practical um, applications can you use your authority your ability to command your ability to express who you are and and what your internal divinity is all about those are gonna be those are questions that come up at the solstice Um, it joins jupiter and it is in a jupiter ruled decan so that still may be very expansive um albeit with being with uh a jupiter that's not in its favorite sign um, but we're moving towards a jupiter kazemi moment um right around that first or second week of january that's there's so much astrology going around that first or second week of january there's some big big changes big events happening um, I'm sure we're going to see this in our public sphere with all the political stuff that's going on. Um, we're going to see things come to a head with all of that, uh, all that stuff um, going on in Washington D.C. I'm sure there's going to be stuff stuff going on with that. Um, but in our own lives as well, in our our personal sphere, I'll let other people be the political analysts. I'm more concerned about how does what what are we doing on the smaller scale? That's that's more my vibe. I, the political wheels are going to keep on spinning, and um, it is nice to be able to be aware of what those things are, but you don't want to get too you don't want to get into a fear consciousness with it I think that's the the thing that um i've been trying to work through is not get too caught up in it um, we have to be aware and we have to um, you know know what's going on and and if there is a call to action, we should take it but we also have to manage our own personal lives too and a lot of the changes that we want to make as a society start start within and a lot of the things that you actually can control are are more personal. Um I think it's really easy to get overwhelmed with the the scope of things and things that are out really out of your power. Um that's why I like to, you know, you know, it's kind of like Michael Jackson saying, you know, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm asking him to make a change, right? Da-da-da, da-da-da, whoa, whoa. Um so yes winter solstice uh cardinal sign uh this is where we are initiating physical things we are initiating things and where um saturn was associated with the descent into matter so we are bringing things into physical form when we are working through capricorn stuff so it's kind of like the you know, this is where we make the resolutions and we write them down. We're actually taking them out of our brain and out of our idealized dream-like nature. And we're putting them on paper. We're saying, this is what I'm going to do. And these are the steps it's going to take to do it. And that's kind of the, the, um, the vibe of that uh, Capricorn winter solstice kind of stuff. I, I, would, I prefer to make my New Year's, New Year's quote-unquote resolutions at this time of year rather than at New Year's. I mean, that's, that's just kind of an arbitrary calendar date. Uh, this actually has some sort of um, uh, visible type of symbolism in the sky that is supporting that type of action. All right, so that's our winter solstice. Uh, on Sunday, on Sunday the 22nd, Uh, Venus will be making a square to Uranus, okay? And we can see this here, okay? So there's our Venus-Uranus square that was sort of part of that T-square that we were experiencing with the moon before, but now that aspect perfects And this is something where we may have a, you know, if we take the symbolism of Venus and talk about relationships, talk about harmonization, um, talk about desires and aesthetics and wanting to create beauty and harmony. And that running into a difficult conversation with Uranus, um, which is the disruptor or the Promethean type of of energy where it wants to create a new start. It wants to do something in a new way. It wants to break up uh, energy that is very crystallized. this could be an aspect that that leads to a breakthrough or a breakdown in our relationships. It could be an artistic breakthrough. We could have some restlessness or a need for freedom. Uh, this could be disruptive in, in things that where we're trying to create harmony. We may have a disruptive love affair or a love triangle or something like that. Um, we could also uh, say that Uranus is going to be squaring its host. So this is something where there is at least a communication between Venus, the host of Taurus, and Uranus in the sign of Taurus. So those things are very intimately connected right there. Uh, this also could be something where we are expressing ourselves with very vivid colors, um, where we are just, you know, Venus in, a, in an Aquarius ruled sign, maybe there's just something very outside the norm that we are experiencing and trying to express artistically, uh, And it could be a little shocking. This is a little bit of a shock, uh, the, the, you know, shocking musician, shocking artist This is like Alice Cooper or like uh, Marilyn Manson or like something like that. I would say that those are some manifestations of this energy um, where the specific purpose of it is somebody who is, you know, taking something outside of the norm or taboo and using it to shake people into some kind of, new awareness, or just to play the role of disruptor in general. Um, So that's something to watch out for on Sunday, the 22nd, where the moon is in its balsamic phase. Okay, you can see here, the moon is going to be within 45 degrees of the new moon eclipse. And this is where we're really just at the very dark cycle of the moon, where it's releasing all of its energy, and it's consolidating all the lessons into a new seed for the next cycle for our big start. So we may be feeling a little bit of lack of energy. We may be feeling very reflective and wanting to, you know, figure out what it all means and leave some sort of legacy behind in the, in the new seed. Uh, the other non-lunar aspect of the day is Mars making a sextile to Pluto at 928 a.m. at 22 degrees. Um, and again, that may be bringing up some themes of that Saturn-Pluto conjunction that we're going to be seeing in January. Now we are seeing this with a sextile uh, with Mars. So this is something where we may have some intense willpower or courage. Uh, we are taking an action that is in harmony, okay? Because sextiles are of the nature of Venus, harmonious. The, the actions that we take are in harmony with our very deepest uh, parts of ourself, with the underworld, so to speak, of our, of our, of our plan. Um, and we may be able to to really use our martial energy to move forward in a very intense and powerful way. Uh, This also could, could be a very volcanic aspect uh, where it could be a catharsis where we're rooting out some of the crap that has been, you know, Pluto is always associated, I think with corruption and with stuff that needs to be regenerated. So this could be a very regenerative uh, uh, aspect as well. and. With Mars, we could be really. This could be a moment where we're really getting rid of some old belief system or some old thing that isn't serving us anymore, and we're just saying, "Okay, I'm done with that." Especially with the balsamic moon, this is a great time to clean out the clutter and get ready to make that new solar start. Right with uh, with the moon in the in the um, winter solstice period here. So sometimes we have to clear out the old before we get to begin the new. I think that that's what Sunday is going to feel like here. Uh, Lunar aspects for the day, uh, the moon is going to be making a trine to Neptune at 11.32 a.m. from Scorpio to Pisces. Uh, It is then going to be sextiling uh, Saturn, sextiling Pluto, and then making a conjunction with Mars in the evening at 10.27 p.m. So lots of practical considerations, harmonious aspects with um, all of the the things in in Capricorn, and then an ability to potentially take some action. in the evening okay so that was a lot of ground that we covered uh we got through some of the mercurial tricks of of the sound management things here and uh uh, you know we'll move forward looking ahead to next week the 23rd uh through the 29th the sun will be making a trine to uranus retrograde uranus on tuesday uh there we will have a, a very important new moon solar eclipse at four degrees of capricorn conjunct jupiter um, big, big stuff going on there. Big cycle that we're, we'll be setting off on a, a you know a new six-month cycle that we'll be dealing with. Um, the sun will be making a conjunction with Jupiter, uh, a Kazemi moment for Jupiter. A, a new Jupiter cycle will be starting, and then Mercury will be ingressing into the sign of Capricorn on Saturday, the 28th. Whew! All right, so that is what I've got this week for you all. Um, I appreciate you hanging out with me today uh, I did have a question for you I wanted to I've been thinking about uh, starting a patreon account for my videos that I'm doing here I would of course keep uh, these weekly forecasts free on, on YouTube but I want to offer some new um, perks uh, if you want to become a subscriber so if there are th- some things that you think would be useful some ideas I'm kicking around are um, a, m- a month ahead for each rising sign um, potentially, some more specific things for your personal chart uh, you know if you have ideas of perks that you would think that would be beneficial that you would be uh, would be interested in subscribing for, I'm h- curious to hear them because I want to make sure that this is uh, a service orientated thing and that you all are able to um, you know have some input on the types of things that you you'd like to Like to see me do do more videos of things, and um, yeah, that might be my winter solstice moment: is is creating uh, a Patreon account to help support the the making of the videos. It's very Capricorn Jupiter kind of like practical orientated, and uh, yeah, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I guess the way that Patreon works, just to kind of plant the seed, is that it's a uh, it's you know a derivative of the sign of the word. Uh, patron so you as as an audience uh you would be a patron of and support the making of the videos by donating i don't know a buck or a couple bucks each month or when it when a video is produced um, and then you'd have access to early access to videos access to other perks or teachings or classes or other astrological offerings um perhaps more things with the tarot or the I ching um, and, uh, yeah, and that would help the production of the videos. And I would still offer those videos up, but then it would be just a way to kind of you know, support the future, the future of them. And that's kind of one of the new business models for, for musicians, for, for people who make um, YouTube content. Uh, and I think it's a really cool one that is a way to you know, get some support from your audience and not put too much of a burden on any one person. It's kind of a collective effort and um, that's been something i've been considering so uh, tell me your thoughts on that i'd love to get your feedback because i I would definitely want it to be something that is is useful for you and that you feel excited about so that's what i've got for today if you are enjoying these videos one thing you can do right now is you can subscribe and you can click the little thumbs up that helps the visibility and if you really do want to make a contribution at this point um, i do have a fenmo link and a paypal me link in the description of the video. And I always appreciate it when you all are able to to help with that too. Um, it really does mean a lot to me. And just just your presence here and your comments and the interaction with you uh, is, is very inspiring as well. So um, make sure you leave a comment as well. And um, that's what I've got. So I hope that things are going well for you. And we'll see you the next time. Take care.